Welcome to Real FM Rewind. Here's some highlights from the week. The struggle is real when you have pets and a Christmas tree. Zoe here with you on Real FM, and I was really happy that last year, the first Christmas of me and my husband and our two cats all together as one big happy family, the cats were very good about the Christmas tree, and so for this year, I thought, you know what, I can trust them. I can have some presents wrapped nicely underneath the tree. They won't disturb them. Well, of course, the other day, I found my cat Felix eating the wrapping paper on one of the presents and then he gave me a present by coughing some of it up later but the funny thing is the present he was chewing on it was the cat's christmas present one of the most frustrating things that occasionally happens in our household is when my wife or i discover old food that our kids have left oh no in weird random places around the house (laughs) Like, for example, one time we found some orange peels inside of a VCR. Oh, no. So it's a long story. (laughs) Not going to get into that. Fair. Just know the orange peels weren't in good shape when we found them. But I learned this week that, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on my kids for this mistake of leaving food out because not only do kids occasionally do this. Sometimes trained NASA astronauts leave their food out as well. Well, you know. (laughs) Have you heard about the case of the missing space tomatoes? I have not, but I am so intrigued. This is a real thing. (laughs) There were a couple of small tomatoes that were actually grown in the International Space Station as a part of an experiment for growing food in space. Interesting. But the astronaut, Frank Rubio, in charge of the experiment, accidentally lost track. (laughs) Of two of the small tomatoes. Okay. And for months, he was suspected to have eaten them. Oh. And he insisted he did not eat them. He just lost them somewhere. Well, finally, eight (laughs) months later, the two tomatoes have been found. Okay. They were tucked away in some random corner somewhere. Oh, my goodness. On the space station. They're looking a little worse for wear. I bet. They're a little smushed, looking a little bit dehydrated as well. But um, maybe, you know, they still were able to do some experimenting on what happened when you lose something in space space for eight months now you know yeah sorry kids turns out this happens to everyone every (laughs) once in a while that's true Receiving gifts is only one of the five love languages. Zoe here with you on Real FM, and some people just don't care that much about gifts, either receiving them or giving them. Maybe they like other things like quality time or words of affirmation, you know, any of the other love languages. And because of that, Christmas might be a bit of a struggle for those people in our lives who aren't very good gift givers or very good gift receivers. My husband happens to be one of those people who isn't a gift giver. He's very bad and he doesn't mind me saying that. He knows. He's very open about the fact he just doesn't know how to give gifts, but he loves spending quality time with people. Words of affirmation, like acts of service is a big thing for him. But I love to give gifts and so I maybe went over the top with his gifts this year, but I have absolutely no regrets. But here's the problem with those people in our life who are not gift givers. They may be panicking about this time for Christmas. They may have not started any of their Christmas shopping because they don't know what to do. So I'm going to help my husband out in the next couple days. We're going to do that last minute Christmas shopping because that is my act of service for him, helping him get that Christmas shopping done. (laughs) 
Have you ever found yourself saying something along these lines, Anson? Once I accomplish blank, or once I do this, then everything will be okay. Mm, yeah. And maybe we don't say it in those exact words, but uh-huh. we think it in our minds. Right. I know when I was single, it was easy to think, well, once I get married, this will be different. Yes, yes, for sure. Once I'm in my own house, whatever <laughs> it is, I think we all have that thing in our in our brain that tells us, I, j- I just need to arrive at this place and then things will be okay. The grass is always greener. You get over the next hump. All of those things. Yeah. Well, there's actually a scientific name for this phenomenon. Arthur C. Brooks is a social scientist and a professor at Harvard. And he says it's called the arrival fallacy, Mm. which is interesting. The premise is, of course, once you accomplish a certain thing, you'll automatically be happier and more satisfied with your life. But it's called a fallacy for a reason. It doesn't come true. (laughs) It doesn't work. And we all kind of get caught up in this, though. Instead, he says human beings are wired for progress. Progress is what brings us a real sense of satisfaction, forward motion, moving towards them. That's what we really need. Ultimately, the goal isn't happiness because happiness isn't a destination. Right. It's a direction. And I think that's so fascinating. In fact, he talks about ways to feel more satisfaction in your life is to treat your happiness like an investment portfolio. Prioritize these four areas of your life. Faith family, community, and friends, and meaningful work. Said none of these can make up happiness all all on their own, but they complement one another and exist in harmony. This is one of those things where, if you know, you know, because it has to do with siblings. Zoe here with you on Real FM, and I really related to these kids. Brought me back to the days when I was making short films with my siblings a long time ago. This is the story of two sweet siblings, an older sister and a younger brother. They're trying to work together on a project, which is so sweet when siblings do that. The brother has a guitar, an acoustic guitar, and the young lady, the older sister, has a gorgeous voice, and she's singing. Together, they have combined their efforts to do a beautiful cover of How Deep Is Your Love by Bee Gees. And in that in of itself, it's beautiful, it's sweet, it's wholesome. But the reason why this video went viral and is just even more adorable is their younger brother, the youngest one, is in the background, perfectly in the center of the frame behind them, just being ridiculous little brother in all the things that he's doing. He's on a scooter, he's got uh, like flippers on, he's got a helmet, he's doing all these different things, he's dancing, he's just going all over the place. And it's just so relatable. If you have younger siblings, you know exactly what this is like. They're always photobombing and getting in the shot. But you know what? It's really sweet. This week marks the third week of Advent, which we've been talking about over the last few weeks as Mm -hmm. we head up towards Christmas Day. Yesterday was the day that we light the only pink candle on the Advent wreath. Oh. And it's called the Candle of Joy, or sometimes it's nicknamed the Shepherd's Candle. Mm. And the Shepherd's Candle emphasizes the joy of finding Jesus and sharing that joy with others. Mm. And the color pink points us to the joy of the Advent season. Pink in the midst of purple, the other candles. The joy of Christmas set against a backdrop of sorrow and longing. Mm. 
We don't know a whole lot about the shepherds in the narrative of Jesus' birth, just that they were plain, ordinary people who were very surprised in the dead of night <laughs> by the appearance and announcement of a whole company of angels. And I think one of the challenges that many of us face, I know that I certainly face in preparing my heart for Christmas, is that it's also familiar. Yeah. Like we don't have the same joy the shepherds had because the news of the Messiah's coming is no longer new to us. Mm. But perhaps you, like me, can remember a time in your life when in the midst of the ordinary or stale, or perhaps even during a time of sorrow or longing, you received good news Mm. and everything changed. Yeah. I think of my wife and I struggling after a miscarriage Mm. uh, before months later, feeling the joy of welcoming our third child into the world. Mm. And the joy that burst into our hearts and our lives was as overwhelming as the sorrow was that we felt Mm. before. Yeah. So sometimes it feels like the night is going to last forever. Mm. You're walking through a valley, you're longing for something to change, and like the shepherds, we don't always expect extraordinary things to happen Mm. in the middle of an ordinary night. Mm. But sometimes God does break into our night, and we're awestruck. And that's the joy of Christmas. God did something big for the shepherds and for all of us as well. So just like the shepherds, we can return glorifying and praising God for all the things that we've heard and that we've seen. And we too can be filled with the joy of of the good news of Jesus. What would Jesus do? I love that phrase. It's a fun thought experiment. It was very popular a few years back, just helping me get into the mindset of being like Jesus. And I was scrolling through Facebook the other day, as one does, and I came across this post that made me chuckle at first glance. What would Jesus do if he was Christmas shopping in Walmart? And at first it just made me chuckle. Oh, that's kind of funny to think about. But then I paused and actually read this incredibly written article, and it gave me a little bit of conviction. It gave me pause as I thought about how I am in Walmart shopping and trying to get through a busy day. The article talks about how, you know, whenever we're running errands, you know, we're going to the store, especially during the busy holiday time, we might have our heads down, not making eye contact with people, just try to get the things in and out as fast as possible. And when we do that, you know, we're just trying to mitigate stress. We're just trying to be as efficient as possible. But when we do that, we may be missing all of the people around us. And the fun idea about thinking about Jesus shopping in Walmart during Christmas is we know just as how he was when he was on earth, he stopped and talked to people. He saw people in their pain and their hardships, and he was just so kind and loving to them and met them where they were to give them the gospel, to give them his message of hope. I love how the author of this post writes, you know, if we would do the same, if we would stop and look around at the people that we're shopping with in the chaos, we might see one like a widowed gentleman who's just struggling to buy the same things his wife used to buy. We might see a a recently divorced mom with three kids barely hanging by a thread. We might see a man who has a smile on the outside but has crippling depression on the inside. And obviously, we've got our own stress. We've got our own problems that we're trying to mitigate. And we might not look up and see that everyone else around us is also struggling. And what a gift that would be to someone just to smile, just to look at them, to see them. And maybe take take that opportunity, if God presents it, to share a kind word with them. Maybe do a little small talk. I know... It's a lot. I am not good at this either, but when the opportunity presents itself to love someone in the smallest but kind way that we can, I do think 
it can be an opportunity where the Holy Spirit works and God can do incredible things even with those little small moments at the grocery store. Anson, I like to think that we're all just a little bit weird in our own way. Mm. But then I read a story like this and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Some people are weirder than others. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> so Mary Howe, she was on her way uh, taking her best friend to the airport one day. And her friend mentioned something to her in passing that caused Mary to have this own react, this reaction about her own best friend as well. Mm-hmm. So she took to the internet and shared this story. She said, um... My, my brain was just not prepared at four in the morning to hear about how my best friend has a pet praying mantis that she found outside, brought inside, and then she, while she was gone for a week, she let the pet praying mantis roam freely about her room, <laughs> and it laid eggs on her ceiling. Oh, my goodness. And they hatched while she was gone. Oh, no. So now when she goes home, she has to corral hundreds of baby praying mantis in her bedroom and put them back in the cage. Oh. Hundreds. Oh, no. Oh, no, That's, is right. Yeah. Well, she wasn't done. Then she was telling her friend she has a pet water bug. And her friend was like, wait, how how big is a water? Is that like the size of a raisin? She was like, oh, no, no. It's like three or four inches long. What? And she was like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, I just, I found it outside and it was really cute. And then she's like, but sometimes it gets out of a ca- its cage and it eats the tadpoles. And her friend is like, wait, what? Tad- what? What is happening? Going. Like, this friend is a biologist and she's clearly building a little, like, biodome in her yeah, bedroom. Yeah. This friend is just shook after all of this information. And honestly... I don't blame her. Have you ever had a prayer answered and you just didn't think it was going to get answered? The feeling is surreal. Zoe here with you on Real FM. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know the rocky journey I was on, the ups and downs for almost six months trying to find a full-time job and figure all of that adulting stuff out. And while people were praying for me to have the job, lots of prayer in those six months, one prayer that someone continued to pray over me was a prayer that I would not only get a job, but I would get the right job. That I would have the job that exactly fit me for who I am and where I need to be. And I'll be honest, when that prayer was continually prayed over me every time, I was like, yeah, but that's not gonna happen. I'm not probably gonna get the right job. That doesn't even exist. I'm I'm just gonna be happy with whatever God gives me. I just need something, God, just give me something. And that's why it feels so surreal that God did answer that prayer. I have been placed in a job that I can't even imagine. I'm just like, wow, this fits everything. God, like my skill set, all of these different things. It's such a huge blessing in so many ways. And I'm just sitting back going, how God, why God? Like, this is incredible. God, I doubted you, God. And that's a sobering realization to realize that I put God in a box. I put my prayers in a box thinking that he couldn't do more than I imagined. So guess what? God is bigger than anything we can actually imagine. And he can answer those big, big prayers that we don't think are possible. I'm not saying he will. You know, he works in mysterious and wonderful ways. He he just works like that. But I shouldn't have doubted God. And now when I go to pray, 
don't think I should be limiting my prayers, thinking he can only do the quote-unquote realistic things. I don't think I should set myself back on my prayers. We can be ambitious with what we bring to God, and who knows what he'll do. to the Real FM Rewind. Make sure to check out all of our podcasts on the Real FM app or at real.fm. And don't forget, be kind and rewind.